hit me. Hi and welcome to the VR Gaming Podcast, podcast about VR gaming, VR news, VR hardware, and VR reviews. I'm your host, Nick Lane. So this is the very first episode number one of the VR Gaming Podcast. Really excited to be sitting down and finally doing this as I've thought about doing a VR Gaming Podcast for maybe a year now. And uh, it basically hit a fever pitch where I thought, well, this is the right time to do it. So I am just absolutely diving in right now. I'm going to tell you this right now. I hope this is the worst episode I ever put out uh, because my goal is to get better all the time with this and put out a quality product. Um, I will say this, that I am not a stranger to podcasting. I actually have a uh, successful, well, a successful pinball podcast, which I've been doing since 2016 uh, with co-host and friend Kevin Manny. That's called Bro, Do You Even Pinball? Uh, Check that out. It's on Podcast Garden, iTunes, and basically where other fine, quality, free podcasts can be found. It's also on YouTube. I mention that and I highlight that because, um, well, that's kind of almost the level of a professional podcast. We've got really good equipment. It's uh, easy for me to do that podcast because it's a discussion with a good friend of mine. And I know a heck of a lot about pinball. We talk about pinball absolutely all the time. Uh, so we're in a nice groove, and it's one of the easiest things I do. Blather about that once a month. Again, check it out if you're curious about pinball at all. Uh, there's a lot to it. There's rules to dissect. There's different machines. Uh, just sort of endless info and, and skills that can be acquired. I mentioned this just because uh, I'm kind of adapting to doing a solo podcast where I don't have much time to think and no one asks me questions and to kind of riff off another person. So maybe a little rough going until I find my groove. Just wanted to kind of put that self-aware caveat in there. Being that this is the first episode, it's going to serve as an introduction to what the other episodes are going to be about because they're going to have a format. Um, and the goal and the format of future episodes is the following. One, it's to provide and discuss the latest in VR news. Uh, we're going to review VR games, hopefully make some recommendations, help you find some good games for your uh, um, your library. And I got to say, this is going to be almost solely about PC games, unless there's you know some games that are on both systems, only because uh, my hardware is PC. I don't have a PS4. Uh, I don't have a Quest yet, although these things might change. I might get a Quest one day. Uh, PS4, probably not, although all the respect in the world for the fact that PS4 uh, went out and put out a VR for their system, unlike Xbox, which I do own. And believe me, if Xbox had a VR headset, I would have been into VR long ago, so hopefully they change that. Um, with that said, I do have a friend who's got a PSVR, so maybe one day I'll go over there, play some games, maybe do a, a joint episode with him, and we can have a, a discussion because, again, I'm really impressed with what PSVR uh, is doing, and I think most people who are in VR right now are on PS4. At least that's the impression that I get when I'm playing a VR game and it's crossplay. A lot of the people in those lobbies are actually on uh, PSVR. Go figure. They're doing a good good job give, 
getting uh, uh, VR into the hands of, of, uh, of, of people. So the other goal, and last but not least, is to connect with the community. I am putting out this to the community because I'm somebody who likes listening to podcasts, and I'm trying to put out a kind of show that I would like to listen to, which is somebody kind of sharing their thoughts on what's going on in VR, highlighting the uh, the top news, providing some commentary, and again making recommendations on on what games to play. Um, you know, nobody wants to waste their money on a game that's not good. Nobody wants to miss out on a game that might fall below the radar. Uh, that's my goal to be helpful and. In connecting with the community, uh, I've set up a Facebook page. You can search for uh, VR Gaming Podcasts and post episodes there in addition to the opportunity to cultivate and create some discussion. In addition to that, I would absolutely love to receive some viewer or, sorry, listener uh, questions. So if you want to send me an email to vrgamingpodcast at gmail, that'd be great. I'll do my best to answer those in future shows and incorporate that funny thing is i say viewers because for the um podcasts that i do for pinball we do it absolutely live no editing on twitch then it gets posted to youtube and it's also in a podcast listening format um, most of our people who listen to that show are, are listening to the podcast but it gets i don't know something like over a thousand views on youtube so again totally different format where i'm not doing this now you know, maybe one day this will evolve into that format because it's certainly something that I'm, I'm well versed and comfortable in. But I find that a lot of people get information through podcasts versus watching even like a YouTube. And there's plenty of good YouTube content already out there for VR. I think the other thing that I want to establish in the show is is, is why am I doing this? Well, I, I kind of touched upon that point. I I want to be helpful. Um, I am super passionate about VR. And when I'm passionate about something, it's in my nature to want to share it with others. As soon as I realized how awesome VR is, I shared it with all my friends and family immediately. That's what I did with pinball as well. As soon as I got into pinball, shared it with all my friends and family. Uh, so podcast is sort of natural. I've been doing a podcast for three years, so it's not eh, it's not a crazy leap for me to, to take this to VR. So that's why I'm doing it. I'm hoping that I can provide content that people enjoy. And, uh, again, maybe spark some discussion in uh, VR and kind of have a little back and forth. My goal of doing this, I guess, how often is, well, my commitment is going to be once a month at the least. Um, I don't want to go more than a month without putting some content out there. I don't want to say I'm going to commit to a week because I never want to get to the point where I'm just doing a podcast to do it because I said I'm going to do it every week. And you can tell I'm just sort of making stuff up as I go along or there's not much to talk about, but man, I said I'm going to do a podcast, so here it is. And now you've wasted however much of your time listening to me blather on about nothing because there really is nothing to talk about. So my commitment is to put content out there when I think there's content and something to talk about. I'm a fan of brevity and getting to the point as much as possible. So that's what I want to do with this podcast because I value my time and I value yours. And believe me, I'd rather be playing VR than doing a podcast as much as I like podcasting. So that's a good use of my time. And also because I'm doing another podcast and producing content on um, not only Brody Even Talk Pinball, but the main show is Brody Even Pinball, which is uh, actually partnered on Twitch, which is pretty impressive for pinball. And we produce content that goes on YouTube. So 
again, welcome to check that stuff out. Of course, I'm going to do a shameless plug for my other work. There you go. And I think there's also going to be some crossover from people who listen to this show and are familiar, uh, who listen to my pinball show will cross over and listen to, to this show as well. So those are the differences. I'm sort of starting from scratch with uh, my VR equipment and approach, doing it on my laptop, got a snowball mic. That's going to get better over time versus when I do the pinball podcast, um, much more of a professional setup. So we'll get there. We'll see how this goes. All right. Since this is the intro episode, uh, I'm going to give you my origin story because you might want to know who I am and who you, who the heck you're investing time listening to, right? There's so much content. Might as well at least know a little bit about the guy that you're choosing to spend some time with. So if that doesn't appeal to you, the self-indulgent activity, which I hope will be helpful, then by all means, skip ahead. Um, after this, I plan to talk about my VR setup and that will conclude the intro podcast. I'm also using this as a reference point for people who want to know about me and where I'm coming from, I can always point them in the direction of episode one. The other episodes hopefully won't be talking about myself and my history constantly. That'd be very boring. All right. So here we go. Origin story. I know I like to hear about other people and how they got into gaming. It's going to be about my gaming, my life in gaming, where I come from, all the systems I played, all that good stuff. So you can see how it's involved at this point. Um, I am 39, so I had the luxury of basically seeing gaming since the Atari to VR today, which is kind of a great time to be born, if you think about it. Um, My earliest memory with gaming was I had to be about three years old, and this is embedded in my my mind somehow. And I know we had an Atari because I was playing Atari with my dad. And we were playing the, there's like a football game for Atari. Don't even know what it is. Anyways, uh, we had to stop playing because the thing is like smoking. All right. So he has to get rid of it and that's it. Now, I must have played Atari with my dad at other occasions, but that's just what I remember. I remember this tragic moment where the video games went away. Um, in between that, so after that, somehow I played like a ColecoVision or a television. I remember a game like Dungeons and Dragons on it and a boxing game. So there was something after Atari, but I think a high point or milestone is, uh, this would have been like, I'm six years old, 1986. My dad, who God bless him, that man's an enthusiast and I, I've got his bug. I don't know if it's nature or nurture, but I am, I am him right now. Uh, but he, he purchased an Amiga computer. And if you don't know what an Amiga is, by all means, I'm sure there's some fantastic YouTube videos out there that will talk about the games, the history, but the Amiga computer was a very impressive piece of machinery, especially when it came out in 86, 87. And it was just far ahead of its time versus um, like the IBM computers then, or far ahead of the Nintendo. Um, I didn't have a Nintendo. I had an Amiga. So I'm playing games that are like mm, six, seven, eight years ahead of time. The sound, the graphics on that machine, amazing. Some of the best games I've ever played. I remember playing Lemmings on that. Shadow of the Beast is a phenomenal game. Uh, games by the company CinemaWare, such as It Came from the Desert, uh, Defender of the Crown, Wings. Wings is one of my all-time favorite games. So good. Just an experience that very few people can appreciate at the time. I know that when I was in middle school or grade school playing the Amiga, there's not a single other person in my class, probably in the school that had an Amiga as well, because I never was able to share those experiences or talk to anybody about that. 
everybody had Nintendo. I remember them bringing the Nintendo Power in, talking about Mario 3 and the levels, and I just, you know, I couldn't participate in that because I'm playing other games on the Amiga. So I am not a stranger to being in a niche, niche thing. Uh, you know, VR right now is still niche. Uh, the Amiga was niche at the time. And pinball, my other passion hobby, is niche. So I guess that's me. That's my fate. I'm comfortable with that. Um, in some ways, they're sort of ahead of the game. Sometimes you win, like the Amiga, you know, kind of failed, if you will, in the early 90s and went away. Um, sometimes you lose kind of deal. But it's still a fun experience. Check that out because I just have so much good childhood memories from playing the Amiga computer. Moving on from the Amiga, uh, what followed that was the Sega Genesis. So I, I skipped the Nintendo completely. I mean, sure, I had friends that had Nintendo and played some games. I played all the Mario's and all that good stuff. I'm not totally foreign to that, but you know, I didn't have it in my home. I don't have some of those retro memories that some people do of that system. But I did get the Sega Genesis, and that was awesome. You know, highlights of games: Mutant League Hockey and Football, General Chaos, Road Rash. My God. And someone please make a Road Rash version, Road Rash-like game for VR? That would be so awesome. I think it would do well. Motorcycle games, as I learned from VR Hoverbike, which we'll probably talk about sometime, uh, can be really fun in that uh, in that format. Well, what, what VR game can't be fun anyways? Um, so yeah, Sega Genesis. And from there, I, I bought some of the add-ons, if you will, the Sega CD, which, you know... I mean, what did that maybe hang around for a year? That was a waste of money, but an experience nonetheless. I even had, like, the gun. Uh, they had a bunch of stuff that came out. Had that. All right, moving on from the Sega Genesis, the next kind of gaming milestone was when my dad, again, God bless the man, brought home a Gateway 2000 computer. This must have been 94 because I was in eighth grade, I think. And this blew me away. I mean, this was this was blew away the Genesis Genesis, gone. All right, didn't play it probably after the day that I got that uh, uh, Gateway 2000, got into PC gaming. Some of the first games that I played, I'm just blown away by, like Wing Commander 3, amazing. Playing Doom, Doom 2, again, not too many people, not too many of my peers at the time had that. I had, I remember like one person in my grade school that I knew of that had Doom, so we would play on the modem and just think this is the coolest thing in the world. 1v1 multiplayer. Imagine that. It used to be fun. You can actually do 1v1 and have a good time. It was so novel, so new, and so cool. Absolutely loved PC gaming. Um, CD-ROM was big back then and played a lot of great games. Uh, I did go back to consoles in 96 when the Nintendo 64 came out, like so many people did. So, of course, I played classics like Star Fox. Um, I never played Mario 64, really. It's not my, my cup of tea. But probably my most time was invested in GoldenEye. I mean, if you were a gamer in the 90s, I can't imagine that you didn't play GoldenEye. I remember just having my friends over when we were in high school, and we spent so much time just playing four-player games of that. It was amazing. And it was so cool to have your friends in the same room playing a multiplayer first-person shooter. You know, a couple years ago, I was excited about playing Doom, Doom 2, Heretic and all those games, like a 1v1. Now suddenly, uh, my friends are in the room, we're playing that. So the progression is amazing. It's so such a good time to be around for video gaming and to see this evolution. So all through the rest of the 90s, I'm still playing uh, PC, PC games, upgrading computers, 
and my dad would always get a new computer so we stayed current upgrading graphics cards getting into stuff like that playing quake um what other games playing unreal counter-strike in the late 90s I, I think it was in 99 or 2000 that i got into counter-strike i mean that game is very impactful to this day where i'm playing pavlov vr all the time i can't wait to talk about that when we get to another episode uh, but such good memories from PC gaming in the 90s. Year 2000 came around, I got the Dreamcast because I'm a Sega fan, and I thought that would be awesome, and it was a great system. It just, and it didn't work. It didn't take off. So many good games, and yet the platform died in like a year. What a shame. Um, some great games from that, like Soul Calibur is probably one of my favorites. I remember playing the tennis game. That was great. Uh, even the football game, the 2K Sports, I don't care about football games i don't play madden or any of that and yet that game was fantastic on it i had fun so go figure rest in peace dreamcast uh next in the evolution i got uh xbox when that came out so that was awesome i I think the the big move on that is uh not only the graphics but surround sound was a big deal just hearing Getting to that level of immersion where the sounds are coming behind you, the the gunfire is coming to left to right, like that's cool in my book. You can just see where gaming is going, and it's worth getting excited. I should pause here and say that I remember, you know, there there was VR talk of VR in the '90s, if you will. You know, there was Johnny Mnemonic, there was Lawnmower Man. I remember there was a magazine. It must have been around 1994 because this is crystallized in my mind for some reason where there was just articles about VR. And I, they always kind of show that polygon kind of dragon game or like you're in space and there's dragon. I don't know what was going on in the game, but that's sort of what they they showed when they were talking about it. So the way they, they made it sound in 1994 is that VR is around the corner. You know, in like five years, everyone's going to be in VR. And that was the expectation that I had in my mind. It, it's It's... It's it's a bummer it didn't happen. I mean, it just couldn't happen. Technology wasn't there at the time. It took a lot longer to get there, but that's when VR got became implanted in my mind. So this is this is uh, relevant because it was a 23-year wait to actually get VR, but we'll get to that. So where were we? Xbox, yes, the first original Xbox. Fun. Kind of move things along here. Somewhere... PC gaming died for me around 2003, 2004. I don't know why. I mean, I I was able to enjoy Half-Life 2, which was amazing. I think I upgraded my system just for that game. I remember playing Doom 3, which was a fantastic game, and just being so scared at one point with the surround sound and that. I think probably when you get to hell. Um, Again, we'll come to that. It's funny how things come full circle with VR. But... uh, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. I think I just wasn't ready to upgrade the PC. And well, one thing happened, and that's the uh, Xbox 360 came out in 2006. And with the upgrade to HD graphics, and consoles really becoming on par in a way with PC games in terms of multiplayer, which was important to me. You know, most of my friends had an Xbox versus a PC, so I went to the platform they're on because. I love multiplayer, and I love connecting with them. So spend more time with that. PC wasn't that important. If I don't have anybody to play with on the PC that is a friend in real life, then I can I can kind of forget about it. Plus, PC is more expensive. So there wasn't a compelling reason for me to get it. And I could probably say from 2006 to, I don't know, I, I got the Xbox One in 2013 and day one. 
So I've been Xbox all the way, uh, never PlayStation, although I did own a PS1 because I won it when I was in high school, but I, I invested too much time in that. So from 2006 to uh, 2013, getting Xbox One, and then I got into VR in November 2017. So there was that period of time where I'm just playing console gaming. And the interesting thing around that time is that there was a lot of hype and excitement for me around the 360 and moving to high-def graphics. The problem started happening, I would say, in the, um, I don't know, like 2009, 2010, where it just seemed that on console gaming, and I'm sure this was somewhat on PC as well, but most games were the same. It's like, how many Call of Duties are you going to make? How you know? I also played the hockey games for EA, but it's the same game over and over again. I quickly found myself losing interest in gaming because nothing new was coming out that was capturing my attention. At that point, I had been gaming since I was three years old, and I'm now uh, 30, in my early 30s, and it just got to the point where Yes, you can make the graphics better. Yes, maybe the sound's better. But it's just the same game repackaged. It's the same story. It's the same franchises that are coming out because they're safe and they make money. And the bar's been raised on what you expect for a, a video game. So you, you sort of want these AAA titles. But these AAA titles are just putting out more of the same safe bet. And I personally got bored. Maybe the, the younger generation who doesn't have that catalog of gaming and expects more or expects maybe how do I want to say this maybe this this rapid growth maybe they were okay with that but it became stale where the only thing growing was maybe graphics but nothing else you know I was able to see this rapid rise in storyline by uh, you know it used to be text right when you, you'd play a, a, an old school game and then it became voice and then there's like video you know all these layers to to draw in the immersion well, we've got to a point where we had all that and just repeating the same games. So thank God for VR. Now, there were inklings of VR. You know, I'm trying to think the first time it registered in my mind that, that it's being resurrected or somebody's trying to do VR. Maybe 2012. Maybe I saw the thing with, with Carmack, if that was around the time when he was kind of teasing um, VR at, at E3. It might have been that because I remember... 2012 2013 hearing about oculus hearing about the kickstarter so in my mind great somebody's working on vr this is awesome and my hope at the time because i'm not a pc gamer is that xbox will get vr it just made sense i've got an xbox already i just need to buy this addition to it just just a headset that's it it's an easy lift a lot of people have xboxes but then my friends can get in we can play together this is going to be great uh unfortunately that never happened Unfortunately, uh, they teased it with the Xbox One, I think at 1E3, but then they said, look, we're not doing VR for this generation. So that was a, a huge bummer. And I just wasn't paying attention to PC. It seemed like, in my mind, even though, even though I've been waiting for VR since 1994, which is crazy, I've been waiting for this for more than 20 years. Even though I've been waiting that long, even though it came out in 2016 with the HTC Vive and, and the Oculus Rift and the, the PSVR, even though that happened, you think that I would be in line on day one, I wasn't ready to go out and purchase an expensive PC to run this. I didn't want a PS4 just for that. And I looked at it at the time that, well, this is the first iteration. There's probably not a lot of games. Uh, it's really expensive right now. And it should get better. Maybe I'll get the next generation or something like that. I, I, 
it sounds crazy just saying that and thinking about that right now, but I, I did that. I did that. And the reason why is because I didn't know how good it was. And VR was really good in 2016 when it launched. It really was. There was no reason to wait as a, as a gamer, as an enthusiast. Thankfully, in November 2017... There is a, or there was a land gaming place in Buffalo, New York, which is which is where I live, um, and they had a VR room. Now they've had a VR room. I have known about this for well over a year, and yet still I didn't go down and try it. Which again is crazy. I've thought about it. Eh, maybe one day I'll try VR, but I just never did. See, I didn't realize how cool it could be. I probably thought it was good. You think you can imagine VR, but you don't know how good VR is till you you actually do it. So, uh, my girlfriend of all people suggested let's go do VR one day. We did it. And I'll remember putting on the headset. Uh, the game was Space Pirate Trainer. It was uh, HTC Vive. And my initial thought on VR was, man, this is blurry. I was, I was struck by that. I was kind of, I had, my, my first thought was this disappointment in that, that it was blurry. The text was blurry and all that. I don't know why I focused on that. However, that, that thought lasted maybe about three seconds because... Once I saw the guns in this real 3D space that I can then walk over to and pick up the guns, it blew my mind. And I, I'm trying not to swear right now, but it was just a uh, it was a come to Jesus moment. Because sure, I can tell somebody or somebody can tell me, oh, you can see your hands in there in VR. I didn't I didn't even realize that. I, I'm I'm surprised I didn't realize that, but I didn't. Or maybe I did, and I just didn't think it'd be awesome. But when I had the headset on and I saw my hands and I saw the guns in Space Pirate Trainer and I'm moving it around, I was just like, this is real, this is the future, this is amazing. That is that wow moment. Um, it's so crazy about VR because you can be an enthusiast like me. You could be somebody who's waited over 20 years for VR. And yet, that still didn't, wasn't a call to action. I still didn't move on it. And I didn't fall in love with it until I actually put on the headset and saw how cool being in that world is and how there is that presence, how it does feel I'm in that that world, where when I move around and I duck and I can dodge lasers and I'm moving my whole body and I can kind of get lost in that reality, that that was a huge change. That was impactful. Thankfully, the timing was perfect for many reasons that I demoed it in November, 2015, uh, November 2017. As I remember getting in the car and talking to my girlfriend saying, oh, that was so awesome. But, um, you know, I, I, I kind of got to wait on it. I'm not going to get it now. The problem with that is it was the HTC Vive. And with the Vive, you know, you've got the lighthouses that you have to set up. You have to physically set up and kind of mount to the wall these uh, sensors. Now, I don't have a room in my house. I don't have, a, like I said, I don't have a PC at this time. So it's not like there's a, a, a gaming room. I don't have a room in the house that I can I can put sensors. I can't hang up sensors in the living room. She's not going to allow that, and I don't blame her. So I kind of put it on my mind. And then, like a week or two later, as luck and fortune would have it, uh, this YouTube channel, Rez, R-E-R-E-Z, uh, check it out, great channel, did a video story on Windows Mixed Reality. And what's interesting is I, I think a lot of people still don't know Windows Mixed Reality. I'll talk about that because it's part of my headset. But they did a story on Windows Mixed Reality and how you don't need the base stations. You don't need external sensors. Everything is built into the headset itself. 
and you can play on a laptop and you can play anywhere you can take a laptop and connect it to. And I thought, okay, I've got a laptop. All right, I'm looking at the prices on here. They're significantly cheaper than the HTC Vive. They're cheaper than the Oculus Rift. I can make this happen. I can just kind of jump in at a cheap price point. What's the cheapest I can spend again to VR? Because, man, I want more of that. All right, it's going to save me money over spending hours at the uh, land gaming place and renting it. So I, I, I ran some numbers, and I looked at the Lenovo Explorer, and then I realized, well, my, uh, my laptop's not going to cut it. So I had to order a new one, and I got like a bundled package deal, which was a um, Lenovo computer and the Lenovo uh, headset. And I got that in December 2017. First day I got it, spent the, the entire day, eight hours like straight, just in VR, just amazed by everything. Um, some of the games that I, I first played on there, well, I grabbed Space Pirate Trainer because I had to have that. Then I jumped to Eve Valkyrie because Space Sim, it seems cool. Um, I got the Arizona Sunshine because who doesn't want to shoot zombies? And then I also grabbed the game Spark. And I can tell you right now, the one game out of all those games that I still play to this day is Spark. That has held up very well. Um, in a future episode, I'll focus on that game and talk about a little bit more in a review. Um, but that was it, man. I've been in VR since December 2017. It's been a big part of my life. Just I cannot learn enough about the subject. I'm actually currently reading the book, um, The History of the Future. I'm on Reddit all the time, watching, listening to podcasts, watching YouTube videos. I can't get enough of it. It's um, I show anybody that I can VR. It's amazing. So now I just want to transition and talk to you guys a little bit about uh, my setup and Windows Mixed Reality because most people don't have Windows Mixed Reality. It's actually in a, the recent Steam survey, I think like 12% have it, which is it's good. It's been growing, especially considering that Microsoft has not marketed it at all. So Windows Mixed Reality is uh, absolutely, in my opinion, <laughs> I think it's a terrible name for what it is. It's really VR. It's Microsoft VR. But by calling it mixed reality, it leads to confusion amongst people. Now, I get it. Maybe they wanted to avoid the stigma of VR because, you know, VR was all the talk in the 90s and what happened, right? It just disappeared, hasn't got off the ground. Maybe we'll call it mixed reality instead, and that might capture people's attention. I don't know. But all it is is VR, and I, I like what they did at the time because Microsoft uh, created Windows Mixed Reality they create this VR environment, and they let their partners uh, make and manufacture headsets. So Lenovo has one, Acer, HP, Dell, and Samsung, which right now I, I currently have the Samsung Odyssey. Uh, I, I got that like four months later. I got that in April 2018 because I wanted to upgrade. And what's cool about that is that, well, it's the same platform, but it allows for different headsets they have they have a little bit different feel in them i mean they're all essentially the same with the exception of the odyssey which has higher resolution it's sort of the uh, premiere version of windows mixed reality but there, there's little variances so um those are those headsets are, are pretty affordable uh, they, they're they're cheaper than uh the vibe they're cheaper than uh the rift Unfortunately, right now, it seems that the stock is completely gone of almost all these headsets. They've kind of disappeared from stores, from uh, the Microsoft Store, from Amazon. We don't know what's going on there. Um, 
you know, speculation is this is just done or hopefully the more positive uh, way to look at it is that maybe they're coming out with version two, because again, uh, this is, this is about a year and a half that it's been out. So it might be due for kind of an upgraded version to be competitive with what else is out there, um, from valve Oculus and HTC. But what has made Windows Mixed Reality unique, at least at the time that I got it, was that it has inside-out tracking. So uh, the cameras are in the headset itself. No hanging up base stations. Portable. It's great. And I got to say that, um, you know, the tracking is not as good as the Vive. I haven't used the Oculus Rift, so I, I can't compare that. But it's probably 95% as good. I mean, I've spent a few hours with the Vive. And the Vive does lose tracking um, sometimes in certain situations. So 95% of the time, you're going to have no issues. I'm able to play absolutely every game that I've encountered on Steam. I have over 50 in my catalog um, without issue. I've not had to return a game because uh, it doesn't work on Windows Mixed Reality. And developers have gotten good at just maybe addressing it in compatibility issues. It also, um, I really like the controllers on it. Now, I, I think right now, um, a lot of people think that the Rift has the best controllers, um, which is which is is is. I, I hope to try it out sometime, which is probably true. They look very comfortable, and then you have the um, the Valve's Index controllers, which just came out, and they're kind of vying for potentially the best. But I got to say, I don't have absolutely any complaints about. Uh, the uh, controllers on Windows Mixed Reality. The only thing I would say, uh, let me back that up. The only thing I would say is that all the other headsets, Acer, HP, Lenovo, etc., they have like the standard design where it's almost like a, holding a rectangle. That's not great. Um, the Samsung Odyssey is more contoured for the user, so it's it's more comfortable. It's a little more robust. It feels like better quality, and that's what I use on a daily basis for VR. And with that controller. I have no complaints. I look forward to advances in controller technology like the Valve Index Controller with, with finger tracking, things like that, but this definitely gets the job done and I don't feel like I'm lacking. It has uh, both a trackpad on it and it has a, um, a thumbstick. I always will use the thumbstick when I have the option. I don't like the trackpad on the Vive or on Windows Mixed Reality. It was nice of them to include that, but they probably could have just left that off like um, Oculus does on their controllers. The resolution of my uh, Odyssey, which there's actually an Odyssey Plus, I don't have that version. I have what's commonly referred online as the OG Odyssey. Uh, the resolution on the Odyssey is on par with the Vive Pro. So it's, it's a good resolution. It's an OLED display. Blacks look great. Um, Pretty much no god rays to speak of. I, I know the Lenovo Explorer that I had for four months prior had some god rays, so I, I've seen what, what god rays are, and I know what people are talking about when they have that. Uh, it's just a it's just a really good headset. It took me a while to get used to it. It was a little uncomfortable, maybe for the first month. I have no idea why, but I can wear that thing for hours on end now without feeling any discomfort. One other thing that I really like about the Odyssey is that it has like a leather, fake leather, or whatever face pad. So I like to play games, not exclusively, but I do like to play games that require me to, to move and can also serve as a workout. Like um, Thrill of the Fight is a great game. You spend 10 minutes in that game, though, you're dripping buckets. And it's great on the OG Odyssey because 
it's leather and I just take a, a disinfectant wipe, wipe it right off and I'm good to go. Whereas the Lenovo Explorer and a lot of other headsets out there have kind of um, a foam pad or some kind of cloth material and what it does is absorb sweat which is disgusting. Even if you're just the only one using that headset, that's an issue. I mean, you don't want to be taking that thing off all the time and cleaning it and running it underwater, putting it through the wash. That's going to deteriorate it. You also, I mean, you, you, I don't think you want to leave it on with that sweat there all the time. So it's sort of, it's a weird situation. I'm, I'm surprised that VR companies don't um, maybe ship two options, like a, a cloth or a foam as well as leather. So you can do active games. But I, I, I hope to see that trend in the future, and I hope to see that option. Uh, because my preference will always be to have the leather headset. I will sacrifice a little of that plush comfort um, over the fact that it's not disgusting and growing bacteria and all that good stuff because I can definitely get used to the leather over time. It's not a big deal. And the Odyssey is pretty damn comfortable. I've had it for um, over a year now. I haven't had any issues with it. Windows Mixed Reality, the, the kind of the software that integrates with Steam. I can play every Steam game that I've encountered. Windows Mixed Reality seems good about updating, tracking, updating the way it works and, and addressing any issues. So it's been a fantastic purchase. I think I got it in April 2018 for like $400. And, you know, now you can find them on eBay for, I don't know, like 200 bucks, maybe, maybe 200, 250. It's a great deal. The only issue that I see with it right now is that, well, first of all, if you break your controller, the, you just can't get controller replacements. You've got to buy like a brand new headset. And with headset stock disappearing, well, that could be an issue. Your best bet is probably go, to go to eBay and, and, and buy either controller separately, which might be harder having to buy a whole entire headset. Also, it might be a, a weird time with Windows Mixed Reality because trying to kind of play the wait and see game to, or what are they going to do are they releasing uh, version 2 of it are they just fading away because the stock's disappearing so who knows I'm going to I'm going to wait until maybe the fall and hope that maybe they announce something in October or November and there's another headset I know that there's rumors that Samsung is has some more headsets I think it's been pretty much confirmed but they have more headsets in the works so hopefully it's a Windows Mixed Reality version 2 because uh, I've been happy with their product, and I'd be inclined to pick that up. We'll see. It depends on how things with Valve shake out. Anyways, I'm sort of, um, I'm sort of getting past just talking about my setup. I'm in a weird spot right now where I've had the Odyssey for a while, and I see these other headsets coming out, like the uh, the Rift S, which almost seems like if I were to go that, it seems like it'd be a lateral move. Um, the improvements that I can see on that is. Uh, the Samsung Odyssey Windows Mixed Reality headsets have two sensors on the headset, whereas Rift S has five inside-out tracking sensors. So the tracking has to be better. My only question, not having used Rift S, is how much better? You know, because that that could motivate me to go to the Rift S if I decide against the Valve Index, which I'm also thinking about that as well. Thankfully, with the Valve Index, uh, it's on back order. So even if I wanted it now, I probably can't get it until September. Um, the good thing about that is that there's been issues and people are figuring that out. Um, so maybe they improve it. It also gives me time to think about it and also see if Windows Mixed Reality releases more. So I'm in a holding pattern where I want a, I want to upgrade. I see like new things coming out. I always want to get better because I'm spending so much time in VR. I'm an enthusiast, 
but I'm not ready to move just yet. Um, so we'll see. Thankfully, uh, I have a, a local friend who's an enthusiast. He's got the Valve Index on order, so hoping he gets it before September. I will do my best to see if he'll be kind enough to let me come over and play it. I'm sure he will. He's also got a Pimax, so I'll be able to check that out. And uh, he's got a Quest. He's not messing around, folks. He's he's the real deal. So um, I'm, I'm interested in trying these other headsets because as an enthusiast, I really do want the best of the best, but I, I always will factor in value. Sure, I can pull the trigger on a $1,000 Valve Index. That's not the question. The question is, can I pull the trigger on a Valve Index when um, it's $600 more than a Rift S or some of these other things that are out? Anyways... That's my setup. Uh, most of my experience, to, at least to this point, will be with the Windows Mixed Reality Odyssey. I'll update you, of course, if that changes. And this is, for reference, this is being recorded in July of 2019. So who knows with me? I might have a, <laughs> I might have an Oculus Rift S next month. You never know. Anyways, I really appreciate everybody taking the time to listen to this intro episode. I'm very excited to delve into podcasting for VR, VR gaming. I am super excited to see where VR is going to go because we are at ground level, folks. This is real. It's legit. It's not a gimmick. How dare people ever say it's a gimmick. They've obviously never tried VR, uh, but there's so much more good to come, and I want to be there along the way. Let's share this together. Take care. Until next time.